All right, well, if you'd like to open up to Romans chapter 16, verse 25 to 27. It's our passage for today as we think about the big word, revelation. Jackson, my son, also told me last night we could talk about uh, vocation or tension, but I told him that's probably not appropriate. Uh, Revelation today and then nine weeks on these big words, which I think will be really great. And uh, if you YouTube the Collins song, you'll know exactly the words we're going to be speaking about. Let's just pray. Thank you, Father, for your word. Uh, And Lord, as we think today about your revelation, your word, your gospel, we pray for your guidance. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, back in the year 2010, uh, Mel and I had been dating for about seven months, and I knew it was time to propose. Uh, So I'd booked for us to go to Luna Park in Sydney, and I'd arranged with the man in charge of the Ferris wheel to stop it at the highest point at night, and then I was going to pull the ring out and propose. It just so happened that it was a wet night on that Saturday, and Mel also felt sick, and she didn't want to go out, and like, oh, are you sure? But no, didn't want to come. So, so plan B, I'm racing around Cronulla, trying to buy flowers, trying to buy champagne. I even bought a Snickers bar that we could share together. And I laid it out on the floor at the manse at Cronulla Presbyterian. And Mel came up and I proposed. We hugged. And she hadn't seen the ring because she thought that I was admiring her haircut. But, um, but I did propose and she did say yes. But as she came up the stairs to the uh, second floor of the the manse there in Cronulla, she had no idea what was going to happen. It was only once I revealed my plan, once I showed her the scene and revealed uh, my plan to propose that she knew. Well, today we come to Romans 16 and we're thinking about revelation, about how God shows himself to us. And we need to know that due to our human sin, we need God to reveal himself to us. You see, due to our sin, we could never understand God unless he revealed himself to us. And so just like I had to reveal my proposal to Mel, we too need God to reveal himself to us as well. He reveals himself through his gospel, through his word, which the gospel embodies. We need that revelation if we were ever going to know our Lord. So the big idea for our message today is the gospel is the revelation of Jesus Christ, which we need for faith and obedience. And what we're going to see today is uh, three things. First, what is the gospel? Secondly, how was it revealed? And thirdly, why does it matter? So first, what is the gospel? And I want to pick this up from Galatians, if you wouldn't mind turning or um, scrolling to Galatians chapter 1, please. So we're thinking about the question, what is the gospel? Let me read from Galatians 1, verse 1. It says, Paul, an apostle not sent from men nor by man, but by Jesus Christ and God the Father, who raised him from the dead, and all the brothers with me. To the churches in Galatia, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. 
who gave himself for our sins to rescue us from the present evil age, according to the will of our God and Father, to whom be glory for ever and ever. Amen. I am astonished that you are so quickly deserting the one who called you by the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel, which is really no gospel at all. Evidently, some people are throwing you into confusion and are trying to pervert the gospel of Christ. But even if we or an angel from heaven should preach a gospel other than the one we preached to you, let him be eternally condemned. As we have already said, so now I say again, if anybody is preaching to you a gospel other than what you accepted, let him be eternally condemned. Am I now trying to win the approval of men or of God? Or am I trying to please men? If I were still trying to please men, I would not be a servant of Christ. So we're thinking about what is the gospel here from Galatians 1. And we see in verse 1, he says it's about the resurrection of Jesus, that Christ was raised from the dead by God the Father. In verse 3, he says the gospel is about the grace and the peace that come to us from the cross. In verse 4, that Jesus gave himself for our sins to rescue us. That's the gospel message, to rescue us from this present evil age. And these are wonderful things we see Paul remind them of here. But there was a problem, as we see there in Galatians, that they were departing from the gospel. They were being led astray from this one true message. We pick that up again in verse 6, where Paul says, I am astonished that you are so quickly deserting the one who called you by the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel, which is really no gospel at all. See, Paul's point here is that there is no other gospel than the true gospel. That the gospel is incredibly important and we should never turn away from it. We should never be led away from it because it is the only gospel, the only way to save. There is no other gospel. And we know that the gospel is about the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ to save us from our sins. We should never be led away from this gospel because there is no other gospel. Now, the gospel uh, background, background to the word gospel is that it means the good news or even the momentous news. When a Roman emperor wanted to announce a big thing like his birthday, he'd announce a gospel and spread it out to the world. It was momentous news for the world. Uh, now, I'm a bit of a, um, a churchy tragic. I think recently momentous news for me was when uh, Kanishka Raphael became the Archbishop of the Sydney Anglican Church. It was a big moment. I watched it on live stream. And uh, I remember seeing him preach at SMBC many years ago at a conference. And so I thought it was a momentous moment when he was uh, ordained as the Archbishop of Sydney a few weeks ago. Well, the gospel is momentous news about what God has done for us in Christ. Now, just turn back to Romans 16 with me as we pick this up further. You see, Paul in Romans 16 says that what is being revealed to the world is the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. 
In Romans here, we see that God can establish us in accordance with his gospel. Romans 16 verse 25. We see here that this gospel is something that was once hidden but is now revealed to us, to those who have faith in Jesus. Romans 16 verse 25 and 26. So what we're learning here is that we must never turn away from this gospel. We must never be led astray from it. As Paul said in Galatians, if anyone preaches to you a gospel other than what Paul preached, let him be eternally condemned. Now in recent years there's been a teaching uh, come out in the Bible colleges called the New Perspective on Paul as if we needed a different perspective, right? But what it says is that we are misreading the Apostle Paul in Romans and Galatians. The new perspective on Paul is trying to change how we understand the doctrine of justification, which is very dangerous. Uh, Martin Luther said that that is the teaching on which the church stands or falls. And we'll look at that in week five of this series. But I want to warn you that there are scholars that hold to this new perspective like N.T. Wright and Douglas Wilson, I think maybe Tim Mackey and James Dunn and Ed Sanders and these are people we should be wary of because these scholars are trying to change our understanding of the gospel but there is only one gospel and we believe that we have the gospel right. So we've seen here that God reveals his gospel and that it is eternally important. We must hold on to it, no matter what. Uh, But the next question is, how was the gospel revealed? How was it revealed in ages past? Have a look at the Romans text again. It says that this revelation of the gospel, this revelation of God's mystery was hidden in long ages past but was now revealed in Paul's time and made known through the prophetic writings by the command of God. This message about the crucified Messiah was hidden for long ages past but it was now revealed in Paul's time through the Old Testament prophets and those writings. So why was this so amazing for Paul? Well, remember, Paul was a very zealous Jew before he became a Christian. Paul loved the God of Israel and was very zealous for Israel's faith, so much so that he thought any other faith should be wiped out. But then Paul came to know that Jesus was the Lord of all, that Jesus was the Messiah that they'd been waiting for, And that the way that Jesus would save was by dying and then rising again. Paul came to this understanding and he knew that this gospel about Jesus and what Jesus would do, this gospel was all over the Old Testament. He'd just never seen it before. But after the Holy Spirit revealed it to him, when he read Isaiah, when he read Ezekiel, when he read all the prophets, he could see Jesus foreshadowed. He could see the prophecies. He could see the true message was already there in the Old Testament. That's what he's saying when he's saying it's now been revealed and made known through these prophetic writings. The Old Testament has Jesus at its center. And now in 
Paul and the apostles knew understanding. They wanted to show the whole world that Jesus was at the centre of faith in God. The gospel was prefigured or foreshadowed through the writings of the Old Testament prophets. Now, before I went to Bible college, I used to find reading the Old Testament a bit difficult and and the the Old Testament prophets, Um, but have a go at it. Uh, As you persevere, you'll find some wonderful things in those books and you'll, you'll learn more about the context of our faith and how God was slowly preparing the world to receive Jesus. He is, Jesus is prefigured or foreshadowed through the Old Testament writings. Now in our new car, uh, we've got a revision mirror that I think is electronic. You might tell me I'm dumb later, but it seems that it actually focuses or enhances the image. Even at night, the revision mirror is very clear. The Old Testament prophets we see here focus the image on Jesus and the gospel. They enhanced the image in their description of the coming ages of Jesus. The Old Testament image was to show the Christ to come. So let us read God's word in the Old Testament. Don't neglect it. It is God's revelation about Christ. One... um, author says the old testament is not about you the old testament is about christ so let us read it to learn about christ and then how through christ it applies to us i'm hoping uh in term two next year that we might have a look at one kings which will give us a chance to have a look at the old testament and learn about christ The entire Bible is the revelation of God. Let's make sure we're reading it, as we said in the kids' talk. So we've seen what is the gospel, that it is God's message of Christ. It is eternally important. We've seen, second, that it was revealed in the Old Testament and in the prophetic writings. But thirdly, why does it matter? Why does it matter that the gospel has been revealed? And I think Paul tells us here in Romans. Have a look at the verses again. He says, it's made known through the prophet's writings by the command of God. Why? So that all nations might believe and obey God. See, the gospel's been revealed so that the nations might come to the obedience that comes from faith. The gospel's been revealed so that all nations will come to know the truth about God and turn to the Lord. Notice Paul uses the word mystery there in verse 25. The gospel is the revelation of the mystery hidden for long ages past. In the New Testament, Paul uses that word mystery to talk about how God is now including the Gentiles in the people of God. God brings this revelation to us so that we, even us here in Griffith in 2021, that we Gentiles might come to obedience and faith in God. He reveals his word to us so that we will have faith in him. He reveals his word to us so that we will live in obedience as his obedient children. Now, forgive me if this next analogy is a bit trite, but when you get 
your new, when you get a new dog as your puppy, you want to train it and you want it to learn to be obedient to its master. I can remember as a 12-year-old boy, we got two medium-sized schnauzer dogs called Petey and Smokey. And um, we picked them up from Westfield in Miranda and we took them home. We started to teach them how to live as a part of our family. Well, uh, it may not exactly be similar, but it might be similar between us and the Lord. You see, God desires our obedience. He wants to train us to be obedient to him, our master. He wants us to follow him humbly as our master and to live in obedience to him. Verse 26, so that all nations might believe and obey him. You see, Jesus is God. Jesus is the only God and so it is the right thing to come to him in obedience and in faith. If you're here this morning and you're not a Christian, have you ever thought about turning to Jesus for the very first time and giving him your obedience and your faith? Uh, For those of us who are Christians, this drives us to think, how can I be more obedient to Christ in my daily life? Maybe it's in the way that you treat other people. Maybe it's in the way that you seek to be humble and serve others. Or maybe it's in the way that you're serving God in his mission. How can I be more obedient to Christ in my daily life? We've seen a lot of things today in in only a, a couple of small verses. We've seen that the gospel is the revelation of Jesus Christ, which we need for faith and obedience. We've seen in Galatians that Paul was so concerned that this true message about Christ crucified was not departed from. We've seen that it was revealed in ages past through the Old Testament prophets. The Old Testament is about Christ. And we've seen why does it matter? So that there's faith in obedience in God's Son. The gospel is the revelation of Jesus Christ which we need for faith and obedience. So this talk on revelation today, on the gospel, it reminds us that we must find the knowledge of God. We must seek to find the knowledge of the one true God and so now we must receive this revelation, this knowledge he's given us. My old church in Cronulla, their mission statement was to love God and to make him known. That's what God is calling us to do now that we have his revelation, to love God and to make him known. The Westminster Shorter Catechism, uh, the first question, it says that the chief end of man is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. That's what we should be doing now we have God's revelation, to glorify God and enjoy him forever. We're called to love God, to glorify God through his revelation, through this gospel. Love and glorify God now that you have this book. And this will be shown when we personally have a true loving relationship with our God. It will mean believing in him and getting to know him as his child 
We need to have a loving relationship with our God. Keep believing in him because he has revealed himself to us. God has revealed himself to you through his word, through his gospel. And so God calls you to serve him by believing in him and by trusting in him. And we know that the Holy Spirit will equip us to this task of knowing God better. Friends, God has revealed himself to us through the gospel. God has revealed that he loves you. So we need to make sure we're seeking to love him too and to make him known. Uh, Back to the scene of my courting with Mel. A few months prior to my proposal, I was thinking of saying to Mel, I love you, and I hadn't said it yet. And I didn't know how to bring it up. And so one night we were watching TV together and I was looking a bit awkward and Mel said to me, what's the matter? And I might have have said, I'm trying to figure out if I should say I love you or not. (laughs) And so she said, just say it. If you want to say it, just say it. So I said it and then she said it back straight away. And then the rest was history. But once I knew that she loved me, and this is just my issues, I guess, but once I knew that she loved me, I was able to share my love in return. Friends, God has revealed himself to us. We can now know God. We know he loves us. Just look at that cross. We know he loves us. We know he's calling us to the new heaven and the new earth. We have his revelation. So let us love him now and make him known. We have his revelation. Let us glorify him and enjoy him forever. Let us pray. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for all that you have done for us. Thank you for speaking through the prophets and apostles. Thank you for your gospel, which saves. Thank you for your written word, which describes your redemption to us. Lord, please help us, by the power of your spirit, to grow in our knowledge of you and to glorify and love and serve you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.